Speak, O Lord, as we come to you to receive the food of your holy word. Take your truth, plant it deep in us, shape and fashion us in your likeness. That the light of Christ might be seen today in our acts of love and our deeds of faith. Speak, O Lord, and fulfill in us all your purposes for your glory. Speak, O Lord, and renew our minds. Help us grasp the heights of your plans for us. True sun change from the dawn of time that will echo down through eternity. And by grace we'll stand on your promises and by faith we'll walk as you walk with us. Speak, O Lord, till your church is built and the earth is filled with your glory. And the earth is filled with your glory. Amen. Amen. After a song like that, I think I'm just going to preach. You know, I some songs just make it easier to preach preach after than others. So great job, Toman Trio, or the Toman Three, or the Toman Trivecta. We could go a lot of things, but great job. Wonderful song. Well, we do have a special speaker with us tonight, and that is Riley Bohalski. And uh, of course, he's grown up for the most part at Trinity Baptist Church. He's a senior at Genesee Christian School. He's one of the leaders in our youth group and I know he's a blessing to Pastor Burden and Mrs. Burden as they minister to our kids there. And uh, uh, some time ago, we were talking and, and, um, and we're praying about the call that God has upon Riley's life. And he's seeking God's direction. And so we've been able to meet and, and work on preaching and talk about preaching and what it is and what it isn't. And uh, I can still remember the very first time that Pastor Saunders ever allowed me to preach from the pulpit. I think it was a Sunday night, and I was scared stiff. And uh, so, Riley, I won't ask you if you're scared stiff, uh, because I know you are. But uh, anyhow, we're, we're excited about you coming and preaching to us. And um, I would ask you all, you got your Bibles ready? And you're anticipating a message from God's word. So let's, um, Riley, you come, you preach the word of God to us, and we'll receive what God says to our hearts. All right, turning your Bibles to Ezekiel 22.30. I'm going to be preaching a message on the topic of availability. Ezekiel 22.30. Being available for God's service. Ezekiel 22.30. And I sought for a man among them that should make up the hedge and stand in the gap before me for the land, that I should not destroy it, but I found none. In this passage, this is God talking. He's talking about the nation of Israel. And they had become a nation of sin, much like this nation or city of uh, Sodom. They had become a nation of sin. 
And there was a righteous man in this time, his name was Jeremiah, but he had been put in prison by the people for preaching the gospel. And God looked out for a man in this nation that was righteous, that could be used of him, but he did not find one person. God looked out for a man that could stand in the gap, but he found none. The sad truth is that in the whole nation of Israel, there was not one person that God could find to be used for his service. We see that there are many times in the Bible that God looks out into a nation to find someone that he can use. It happens here in the passage in Ezekiel 22, and it also happened when Lot and his family lived in the city of Sodom. So it is very possible that this could happen in America today, or maybe even Michigan or Flushing. The question is, will you be available for God to use you to stand in the gap? Becoming a man or woman that God can use is a great accomplishment, and is going to be considered our end goal of this sermon. I want to consider how we would start towards that goal, and we are going to look at three examples in the Bible today. And each of these people, we are going to look at one characteristic that they had already developed in their lives that they could be used by God. The first person that we are going to look at today is Daniel. Daniel was faithful to God. The characteristic that he had already developed in his life is he was faithful to God. Faithfulness has the idea of to be firm in one's allegiance to someone or to something. So we know that Daniel was faithful to God. Let's look at Daniel 1.8. Daniel 1.8. We're going to look and see how Daniel was faithful to God and the position that God had put him in. Daniel 1.8. But Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with the portion of the king's meat, nor with the wine which he drank. Therefore he requested of the prince of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself. We know from this story that Daniel was taken from his homeland, from his family and from his friends and his normal life, and they were captured by the Babylonians. He was taken to a land that he didn't know anything about, probably didn't know the language or anything there, and he was being tested, him and his three friends, to see out of the young men who were the strongest and the wisest. And in this passage, he and his three friends decided that they were going to follow God's commandments and not eat the meat that had been offered to idols. So they asked the leader if after 10 days that they could uh, be tested with all the other young men and after 10 days see who is the strongest and the wisest. And since Daniel and his three friends uh, followed God's commandments, he blessed them, and at the end of this 10 days, God did make them stronger and wiser than all the other men, young men that were being tested. And Daniel was put in a position of great leadership because he trusted God and he followed his commandments. The second thing that we see in Daniel's life and how he was faithful is that he prayed to God daily. Turn to Daniel 6.10, just a couple pages over. Daniel 6.10 Now when Daniel knew that the writing was signed... He went into his house, and his windows being opened in his chambers toward Jerusalem, he kneeled upon his knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before his God as he did aforetime. We know a little later on in the life of Daniel that when he was in leadership, 
the other leaders plotted against him and wanted to find something against him. And they knew that they would not find anything in Daniel's life against the law of that time. So they all devised that they, would, they all came together and they asked the king, King Darius, that for 30 days that everyone had to only worship him. And King Darius agreed to this. And they knew that Daniel would find fault in Daniel for this because he prayed to his God three times a day, every day. And I like at the end of this verse when it says, as he did a four time. Because it tells us that Daniel had already developed this habit into his life. He did this when he was um, in times where, that were great, like when he was in third in command over his whole country. And he also did it when times were tougher. Like when a decree was made that he could not pray to the one and true living God. But Daniel um, was a great example of how we should pray. We have no excuse because no one is telling us in our nation that we cannot pray to God or we will be put in prison or thrown into a den of lions. And I know I'm not perfect with this either, and sometimes I struggle with um, just taking the time, but most of the time in our lives, the only reason that we don't do it is because we are, are lazy and we um, want to sleep or do other things or that our day is too busy. So we really have no excuse because times are much easier for us. We need to be praying to God every day. Daniel is a great example of how we should be faithful through prayer and keeping God's commandments. How can you make yourself more available to God through faithfulness today? You can start by praying to God daily. The Bible says in Matthew 6.6, But thou, when thou prayest, enter into thy closet, and when thou hast shut the door, pray to thy Father which is in secret, and thy Father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. The second person I'd like to look at today is David. David was bold in serving God. David's characteristic that he had already developed in his life before being used by God was being bold in serving God. Let's turn to 1 Samuel 32. 1 Samuel 17, 32. 1 Samuel 17, 32. And we're going to see how David shows boldness in going out to fight Goliath. 1 Samuel 17, 32. And David said to Saul, Let no man's heart fail because of him. Thy servant will go and fight with this Philistine. We know in this story that David is the youngest of five brothers. And that he was a shepherd, which was not a very um, high job back then. No one would have been wanting to steal David's job. And he was sent by his father to go out to the battle and check on his brothers and give them some food. And so let's look at verse 23 of this passage. And as he talked with them, behold, there came up a champion, the Philistine of Gath, Goliath by name, out of the armies of the Philistines, and spake according to the same words, and David heard them. And all the men of Israel, when they saw the man, fled from him, and were sore afraid. And the men of Israel said, Have ye seen this man that has come up? Surely to defy Israel is he come up? And it shall be that the man who killeth him The king will enrich him with great riches, and will give him his daughter, and make his father's house free in Israel. And David spake to the men that stood by him, saying, 
What shall be done to this man that killeth the Philistine, and taketh away the approach from Israel? For who is this uncircumcised Philistine, that he should defy the armies of the living God? We see that none of, the, none of these things, like David being the youngest and him being a shepherd, stopped him from going out to fight Goliath. In verse 39, he says, What have I now done? Is there not a cause? King Saul, in fact, tries to convince him to not go and fight Goliath and that he could not defeat him. But David gives him two examples of when God delivered a lion and a bear into his hands. He was out tending to his sheep, and two different times God delivered him to his hands. And he says that Goliath, that God will also deliver Goliath into his hands as well. And in verse 32, he says, And David said to Saul, Let no man's heart fail because of him, Goliath. Thy servant will go and fight with this Philistine. And we know from this story that he does go out and fight Goliath. And he only goes out with one sling and five smooth stones. But David knows that he has more than any weapon. He has the Lord with him. And when Goliath sees that he is only a young boy, he mocks him. But in verses 45 and 46, David shows great boldness again. Then said David to the Philistine, Thou comest to me with a sword, and with a spear, and with a shield. But I come to thee in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom thou hast defied. This day will the Lord deliver thee into mine hand, and I will smite thee, and take thine head from thee. And I will give the carcasses of the hosts of the Philistines this day unto the fowls of the air, and to the wild beasts of the earth, that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. This is a very incredible two verses and incredible statement from just a young boy of that time to a giant warrior whom everyone feared. In our own lives, we may not be facing Goliath the giant, but there are many giants that we can come up against. Example would be witnessing, whether it's to a friend or someone you don't know. And you may be thinking, uh, my friend, you know, maybe they won't, uh, they'll think I'm weird and they won't want to be with me anymore. What will these people think uh, when I witness to them? But you need to um, be bold in witnessing. Maybe it's worrying. And you need to trust in God to not worry about situations. Maybe it's staying pure with what we look at and what we um, think about. With technology and everything that we can access, we need to be staying pure with what we look at and what we think about. Maybe it's obeying authorities in your life. Children, obeying parents, students, teachers, or employers to bosses. God has given these people authority and you need to respect them. So whatever your giant is that's in your life, we can have hope because God is with us to defeat it. In the end, God was able to use David to fight Goliath and to defeat Goliath and the Philistines. David uses his boldness to be available to serve God in whatever way necessary. God is able to use David, who was a nobody in everyone's mind in that time, to accomplish a great victory. How can you become more available through boldness today? You can start by trusting that God will be there to help you to fight your giants. Hebrews 13, 5-6 says, Let your conversation be without covetousness, and be content with such things as you have. For he hath said, I will never leave thee, nor forsake thee. 
so that we may boldly say, The Lord is my helper, and I will not fear what men shall do unto me. The third person I would like to look at is Esther. Esther was courageous. Esther was courageous. She had already developed this into her life. The idea of being courageous is mental or moral strength to persevere, preadventure, or withstand danger, fear, or difficulty. Esther is placed into an interesting situation when she is made queen over all of Persia because of her beauty. King Ahasuerus has made a decree that no one can come into his court unless he asks, and that if he did ask, that they must come in. Haman, who was second command over Persia under the king, he was a prideful and evil man, and there was made a decree that wherever he went, that everyone had to bow to him. Mordecai, which was Esther's cousin, did not bow to him because he was a Jew, and he believed in the one and true only God. And so Haman devised a plan and got it signed by the king that um, there was a date that all the Jews would be killed. So Esther was very burdened for her people. Let's look at Esther 4.16. Esther 4.16. We're going to look at how Esther was courageous. Esther 4.16. Go gather together all the Jews that are present in Shushan, and fast ye for me, and neither eat and drink three days, night or day, and I also and my maidens will fast likewise. And, will, and so I will go in unto the king, which is not according to the law, and if I perish, I perish. Esther was willing to die for her people to go before the king. I also like in this verse that she does not go in alone. She asks her maidens, and she sends a message to Mordecai, to spread to all the Jews to pray for her. So they pray for three days and nights. We see in, verses, see in chapter 5, verses 1 through 3, that she does go into the king, and that he grants her request. She requests a dinner, and then at that dinner she requests another dinner. And then she finally gets to her point, and she asks that the king would save her people. And he did not know that she was a Jew, and she tells him at that time. And the king asked who had devised this plan, and she points to Haman. And in the end, Esther is a great example because she has courage and she saves her people. She's a good example to us and how we should have courage in our own lives. In the face of great danger, she had the courage to trust God and to do what was right. How can you make yourself more available to God by being courageous? You can start by sacrificing your own needs and wants for those needs and wants of others. Joshua 1.7 says, Only be thou strong and very courageous, that thou mayest observe to do according to all the law, which Moses my servant commanded thee. Turn not from it to the right hand or to the left, that thou mayest prosper whithersoever thou goest. And I sought for a man among them, that should make up the hedge, and stand in the gap before me for the land, that I should not destroy it, but I found none. In order to serve God in the big things, we must first be able to serve Him in the small things. And there's no better time to start that than now. Daniel was faithful. 
David was bold, and Esther was courageous. What would God have to say about your character right now? Is there something in your life that he could use? Would you be available to stand in the gap and accomplish something great for the glory of God? If you cannot say yes, there's still good news. God has given us three great examples, and each of these people have a great characteristic that we can learn to apply to our lives today. And by applying one godly characteristic at a time, we can strive for the end goal, which would be being a man or woman that could be used of God greatly. I hope that if God was looking for a godly men and women in America today, that he would be able to find me and you. Are you available for God to use you to stand in the gap? Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for this opportunity to be able to speak in front of um, the church that's had so much impact on my life. Lord, thank you for this message that you've given me. And uh, Lord, I hope that uh, you would help the people to be able to apply this to our lives and that uh, we'd just be growing together as a church and growing, growing closer to you. Lord, thank you for Pastor Ferguson and all our pastors and all they do for our church, Lord. Just help us that we'd be able to uh, drive safely tonight. Thank you for all you've done for us. Amen. All right, at this time, I'm going to ask Pastor Toman to come, and I'm going to ask you to take your hymnals, and let's all stand together and sing, I Surrender All, and uh, 476, and there's a pianist as well, always helpful, and, uh, and I trust the Lord spoke to your heart tonight. Are you available? And then we looked at three Bible characters who God was able to use. They were available, and uh, Daniel, faithful full of faith, uh, David, uh, and then Esther, courageous and bold. And um, maybe tonight the Spirit of God spoke and convicted you, or he encouraged your heart through the examples of these others. And uh, as we sing, I surrender all, I trust that you're available for God to use. And, uh, and maybe tonight, if you want to come and pray, you can, or kneel where you're at. Maybe there's a need to surrender some area of your life to the Lord. Let's sing together. verse. 